Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Diana, um, did you just spit all over that? No. <laughs> I was Oof. Welcome back, beer leavers, to the Don't Stop Beer Leaving podcast. I'm Chris. That's Michael. Thanks for tuning into the episode, episode 10 of season one. We're glad you are all here drinking beer with us, talking beer with us. Mm -hmm. Got a great show planned for today. Um, Mike, what have you been up to? Oh, man, what have I been up to? I have been looking for the new spot in town. Um, as you guys know, I just like don't like going into cities, but now that the weather's kind of warming up a little bit, though today was chilly, um, I've really been trying to find some place to go to in Baltimore City. Um, and I heard about this place called, and I, I might be pronouncing this completely incorrectly, but it's called Decline Duivelle. And I heard about this from a friend. And apparently it's like a Belgian beer hall, um, specialty like craft beer place. And the thing is, I went to one of these in Philly and it was phenomenal. And you find the things that you don't easily find in other places. Yeah. Uh, things from, from Belgium, from France, from monasteries all over that region. That are not really available, which is really nice to do um, for a, a town like uh, you know Baltimore, like anywhere. Um, it's a real, <laughs> it might be like a real beer fanatic, real craft snobs uh, place, but that's that's where I live now. So you know, I want to try it out. You said new spot. I just imagine like somebody going around like painting a spot somewhere in Baltimore. You're like <laughs> found that's the new one. That yeah. spot was not here last week. It's the black spot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, there's. I mean, breweries opening up all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those lucrative businesses in some ways, like. You either do really well, it seems. You kind of struggle. And sure. Yeah. No, it's it's the margins are there. You can totally make some money here. But, yeah. I mean, you're not going to become rich unless you try, if unless you really are planning on going all the way, becoming some kind of a larger production. Um, but otherwise, you can hit the numbers as long as you uh, listen to your community. Mm -hmm. You got to listen to the beer drinkers. You got to pander to the local people because those are going to be the feet in the door. Totally. Um but yeah, we can talk about beer business down the line. But yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, I know, obviously, that's something you want to eventually oh, yeah. <laughs> get into, and yeah. you know, we're but, partners in crime in that, so whatever. Oh uh, yes, we are business partners in crime. Which business partners wait. in crime? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just like the worst combination ever. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. Uh, shut down immediately. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing about this place is that um, it might be my only avenue to a certain beer that released about a couple weeks ago now. Um, it's called Pliny the Younger. And I'm well, Mike, sure... before we get into Pliny, yes. we have a challenge to talk about. Okay, okay. Right? We have, yeah, a, big, we do. We have a big challenge last was... of last week. We don't want to overlook this. We've gotten 10 episodes. Why forget it now? Yeah. The 10 challenge... episodes. Can you imagine? Can you believe <laughs> no, it? Stop it. Can you believe it, guys? <laughs> the challenge of last week was to um, really put on your creative beer hat and do a beer pairing. For a meal, so make a you know an or an appetizer, an entree, dessert, mm -hmm. and try to pair a beer with each of those things. Hopefully, you guys were were able to go out and and do that successfully. Mm -hmm. But Mike, want to say a bit about that challenge? I think you talked a bit about your beer pairing, obviously, because that was for the Valentine's Day. Dinner, right, correct? exactly, exactly. Yeah, and also I usually do this with some of the waiters or bartenders I have when I'm eating food. Is I'll talk to them and. Um, it depends on the establishment you go to, but sometimes they actually really like when you're that engaged about the product and you're not just blindly um, ordering food. I know that um, this was definitely the case for a uh, a wine spot 
where they specialize in wine and they actually had thousands have thousands of bottles on the on the wall and so they want you guys to really appreciate the bottle you're going to purchase and i think similarly this is going to happen for beer and it's definitely the the uh the experience i have whenever i go out um and it might just be the spa- the, the spots that i choose but really developing a menu to enhance both the beer and the food and the experience uh, as a whole, yeah. it just it's just a really nice practice to start looking into. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys did that successfully. And mm-hmm. please comment below with what you guys came up with or shoot your uh, menus over to our email address, don'tstopyourleaving at gmail.com. We would love to read those and potentially even try them out oh, yeah. if you had some good combinations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so moving on, Mike, I didn't mean to cut you off. No. <laughs> but, you know, when you're not following the script, like, you know, we just have to go back to the I'm t- just so excited about this beer, <laughs> and I uh, apparently should be, and I haven't even had it yet. Yeah, well, for you craft beer enthusiasts out there, I'm sure you know of this release mm-hmm. um, or have been following it a decent amount, even if you don't live right near the actual brewery. But Pliny the Younger has been a pretty interesting release. Mm-hmm. The way they've been kind of putting out propaganda on this beer. and <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> it seems like propaganda. The way they're just like, this is the godsend beer. Like, you will, sure. you will not, um, you'll not dislike it. And, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it looks great. The, the brewery seems to be, be doing very well as well. So, yeah. So, if you haven't heard, they dropped their 2020 uh, batch uh, a couple weeks ago in early February. And the lines from the brewery themselves, this is a spot, Russian River Brewing Company in California. The lines were out the door, around the building, and I think even further beyond. Like, it's just insane, insane, the hype about this beer. And, you know, people will wait up to an hour for this beer in line and then finally get a table drink this beer, you know, in 30 minutes that you're, you're done with it. And I think they actually have limits to how many you can have. I think you can only have one per person yeah. at the sitting, yeah. and then maybe you can have one more uh, later down the day if you, you can make it again. Um, but, like, that's – it seems kind of insane, right? Like, it no does. one really has that kind of um, enthusiasm about beer anymore or about a specific beer because this, this releases – um, I don't know if it's every year, but I mean, it's it's an often. You thing. don't think? I mean, people are standing the lines. Yeah, <laughs> so they must, right? They, I, they must have I that guess kind of enthusiasm. So. No, or, exactly. yeah. And so people will do this. They'll they'll pick up. And actually, this is a new thing. This twenty twenty is that they're actually allowing bottles to be sold to go off premise. So usually, you just have to drink the draft right there. Um, can't take any home with you. And when it's done, it's done. Like that's the batch for that bar, and because they distribute to a couple of uh, select breweries, uh, our our bars, and one of them I think was um, declined, so I have to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, now they have bottles to go. So my Facebook groups that I'm in on on for craft beer have been spiking with beer trades for this beer. You know, everyone's looking for it. Everyone's taking pictures and showing off their oh, I was able to get one. Can you like you know? And they're four packs, so there's some of them are. I think usually it's a three, uh, four pack with one gone. So they just tried one fresh, and then they they're gonna probably age one over the next you know year, maybe uh, two years or something like that. You yeah, know, release maybe, it again, and then maybe trade one. I don't so know. talk talk a bit about that beer. Like what 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 style is What's it? So What's so crazy about it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> so Pliny the Younger is P- Pliny the Elder's kind of like you know protege. So Pliny the Elder, if you ever had it, is just a double IPA. Um, sitting around an, uh, an 8%, very much in style, uh, very balanced in terms of IPA, but a higher bitterness. This takes that beer just to the next level. So mm-hmm. it's a triple IPA. It's sitting more at like a just above 10% alcohol content uh, by volume. And it's just, I, I, what I hear about it, because again, I have not had it. Yeah. Um, what I hear about it is just, it's, I think one of the, the uh, descriptors that I heard was, it's ambrosia. It's mm. just a perfect clean 
uh, rendition of the triple IPA. It's just perfection. You know, we have this nice malt backbone that's sweet and very, um, uh, very uh, complex. That's then just uh, brought brought to a perfect more bitter level, but more hoppier level yeah. by a conglomeration of different hops. I think we're talking Simcoe, Amarillo, Citra, Mosaic, you know, and even more that they're not, they're not going to say on the, on the, you can't say the entire recipe, right? Sure, um, sure. Uh, on the, on the, uh, on the, on the bottle, but it's just a whole conglomeration of different things that just makes apparently the best IPA, triple IPA out there. Um, and it seems like people have, bought in they've liked it you know the worst thing you can do is when you hype up a beer like this people go and then go this beer's not very good (laughs) yeah yeah sure you know that's the (laughs) funny thing it's a risk right is when i was doing some of the research on this is i was googling you know pine of the uh pine of the younger uh russian uh river brewing company and is it worth it like a lot of the next google searches was is it worth it is it worth it is it worth it and so many people are saying yes outright outright mm-hmm. you know and not a lot of people are about waiting an hour in line um for a beer that you're probably going to finish you know in less than time than that yeah i want to get into that like is that mm-hmm. something that should be the case in the craft beer like should we actually be pushing this kind of like insane obsession with these can releases mm-hmm. these can drops these you know uh, draft releases if they're just a draft mm-hmm. release is that something we actually i don't know think is good for the that mm-hmm. you know the craft beer industry or is this just an insane overhype of something that really should just calm down a bit mm-hmm. people should spread out there's a lot of great beer out there sure. we need to stand in the line for an hour just to get one we like well so it's actually really great for craft breweries that have a kind of cult following for these types of beers because mm-hmm. if they can consistently make a really good beer and every year they they can get them they can get a huge spike in traffic that's great for the craft mm-hmm. uh, for the brewery um in terms of just the mindset, uh, or maybe a bandwagon mindset, um, I don't think we've hit that with certain beers yet. Plenty of the younger is definitely worth it, is what mm-hmm. is my opinion. Um, every article I've read, every blog I've read is saying, yeah, it's not a, like an off, like an awesome thing to wait in line, especially you know if you're at a place that's got snow on the ground right now. I mean, it's February or rain, you know. But it's worth it. Do yeah. it one time, and you'll see. Apparently, I gotta try it. Um, I'm gonna see if I can get it here in Baltimore. I know that my friend up in PA got one at uh, Monk's Cafe. Uh, it's a very uh, well-known place. You, you, you PA listeners probably already know it. Um, they they actually already kicked theirs, so oh, that really? one's done. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I think from my perspective, I am not this crazy craft beer enthusiast, right? Mm-hmm. But I actually think it's a very good thing for the craft beer industry. Good. I don't think it's a problem at all. And I think people that maybe look at it from the outside might judge it or go, oh, this is ridiculous. There's no way that beer is actually any better than something I can get down at, you know, the craft beer supermarket or mm-hmm. something. Or I don't think there are craft beer supermarkets. But, <laughs> bottle you know, shop. The closest bottle shop or, or, <laughs> yeah. or supermarket that has a good selection of craft beer. But I don't think it's about that. I don't think it's necessarily about, oh, this beer is 10 times better than any other beer I can get. Mm-hmm. I think it's about the you know, the, um, the, the culture and it's about the, um, just adventure of, of trying, you know, new things sure. and, and building hype for the sake of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when something's like rare, right. Mm-hmm. It, it increases its value. Exclusive. Yeah. Exclusivity. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know with any, with anything like 
collecting baseball cards or, you know, really niche like Star Wars fans or something. I'm not liking obviously beer people to those <laughs> groups, but it's the same thing where it's it's really healthy for building a love of the industry. And it's it really healthy su- for building a love of craft beer. It shows support for the creators. Like like what we did a few weeks ago when we went to go see Andrew Ray of Binging with Babish. Mm-hmm. We waited in line to go see this guy. We actually got there much earlier and uh, you know had a drink and mm-hmm. you know made sure that we had a good spot. Yeah. And people were lined up, you know, by the hundreds, by the thousands to see this man. Um, it just helps show your appreciation for them. Um, helps uh, you know, and, and you get some again ex- exclusive things. This doesn't unfortunately happen to every craft brewery. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't remember the time. This might have been before I was super into craft beer when beer hype was such a thing that lines would be out the door. Uh, I do remember that one time where this was a beer that we had talked about on the show before. MVP by Hysteria Brewing got a crowd, got a crowd that went out the door and just a little bit around the building. But I hadn't seen that in so long. That kind of baffled me. I was like, why would you wait? so long for this for this beer you know mm-hmm. and it, it, you know it's again it just shows an appreciation for the craft for the creator um and for for these small businesses that are independently owned. i totally agree mm-hmm. and uh, not to go off on a tangent here but as well but I, I think the fact that people are willing to stand in line on a saturday right mm-hmm. and wait all that time to have one beer it's just another indicator that this is not just some kind of like alcoholic obsession, right? Mm-hmm. These aren't people that are just obsessed with drinking alcohol. And I know that's not really the point of what we're talking about here, but I think it's important to point out as well. Like this is a true craft. Like this mm-hmm. is a true like art form. And oh yeah. It should be again back to the few episodes back. Like this should be respected and like, you know, treated the way that it kind of deserves to be treated based mm-hmm. upon how much effort can go into making a lot of this stuff. Sure. That's important to remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These people are giving up time to literally do that. Yeah. There's got to be a reason. It's not just the fact that there's alcohol in it. Because if that was the case, they would just go to 7-Eleven. They would just go to the supermarket, get a case and go home. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. But that's interesting. And uh, we want to know your thoughts. Let us know if you've had it. We want to know. If you have yeah. a bottle, let us know. Yeah, let us know where you got <laughs> it from. Just, you know, curious. <laughs> we'll do a bottle trade for you. But yeah. uh, comment below what you think as well about waiting in line an hour for um, craft beer. Yeah. Is this something you would do? Do you think it's ridiculous? Mm-hmm. You know, all opinions are welcome. But this brings us to another uh, item that Mike and I saw recently, which is a study that was done by, I forget the website. We'll link mm-hmm. it below. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the... F- most or uh, the favorite craft beer in every state. Um, they're obviously they did a, uh, a national top five craft beers. And I think that was New Belgium, uh, Boston Beer Company, mm-hmm. uh, Goose Island, Dogfish Head, and there's one right before Dogfish Head, which was what uh, Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. yeah. So, so those it's were not craft. Oh, craft. This is just top top five breweries in, yeah. in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in in America, mm-hmm. pretty good. Pretty strong. I mean, Top number five one, list there. New Belgium, yeah, independently owned, women owned. That's an awesome thing. Yeah, awesome that thing is pretty to see. cool. Um, the, the fact that we had, I think, I think two or two of those, or at least, are still independent craft. Um, Sierra Nevada, and New Belgium, obviously, um, Sam Adams, Boston Beer Company mm-hmm. is is now big. Yeah, um, and they bought Dogfish Head at the at the the fifth of that list. So I guess they were um, recently independent. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Which is you know still, and some would argue have decent independence still. Mm-hmm. Even under the uh, so right. I think I saw something recently in my craft beer groups that are saying the uh, they'll start producing a new beer under the Boston beer name, like not a new beer, but I think they're revamping a current Sam Adams style. Really, and putting it under the 
Still understand. Still under Boston Beer Company, but Dogfish Head is going to be like t- putting its own like spin on it. I'll, I'll check that oh, out for you guys. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. But, well, in addition to the top five um, in the states, they also had the most popular brewery in each in each state mm-hmm. individually. Yeah, that was really interesting. It and when I saw this on Facebook, in I think it was a craft beer lovers Facebook group. Mm-hmm. If you're not a part of that, go ahead and, and you know request to join. It's a great Facebook group. Tons of um, trades, like Mike mentioned, going on mm-hmm. with, with different bottles and, and, and um, can drops and things like that, but also just great knowledge uh, yeah. of the craft beer industry. But when I saw this post, they uh, so many comments, so many comments, like, <laughs> so many, comments. like very, very opinionated comments about <laughs> why the beer that was in this survey was not their favorite beer in that <laughs> right. favorite brewery in that state. In that, state. that makes sense. And I think Mike's going to talk about that a little bit in a yeah. second. But <laughs> before he goes into that, um, a couple things to note. So this survey was done based, or it wasn't really a survey, I guess it was kind of it was more of a study. Study done based upon um, oh, yeah. average Yelp reviews, uh, Facebook likes of the brewery, Instagram followers of the brewery, mm-hmm. and then there was one more metric. And uh, Yelp. Like ratings, like uh, stars. Okay. So there's four. There's Yelp so reviews. I mentioned that. No, no. It's the amount of uh, stars, the amount of people that actually review. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, Facebook likes and, fa- and Instagram followers. So it's not the perfect it's metric. Not. It's a weird one. It's, it's very social media based. You yeah, know? It is. And I mean, there's a lot of people I know that love crap beer, hate social media. Yeah. So how are they going to get their voice heard if it's going to be like that? Um, so take this with a grain of salt. We'll again link it below. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the ones that stood out to us, uh, you know, we're both from Virginia uh, the number one Virginian brewery was the Vale. The Vale, which we've been to, and my favorite. We kind of agree with it. <laughs> it's the best it's in Virginia. Really good. I don't think it's even um, close. Great experience. Really cool ambiance. Um, really great culture around it. Like people are really coming together. They also yeah. understand this is a really awesome place. Um, the beer community down there also is very tight knit. It seems. Yes, they all kind of yeah. get along. They do a lot of collaborations. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, some other ones to note, obviously Delaware, you have Dogfish Head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw Bells up in Michigan and North uh, Carolina with Sierra Nevada, right? Or yeah, North Carolina, yeah, yeah, which is yeah, I saw huge. a lot of people upset with that one particularly. It was really? weird. Yeah, they were like, What are you talking about? Like and some people from other places were like, What? They can get Sierra Nevada in North Carolina. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like I didn't know. Colorado, so like how do they Right, yeah. Yeah. Um and just to, to talk about beer opinions, your opinion, um, opinions matter in this culture, mm-hmm. um, but your opinion doesn't have to be your neighbor's opinion. This is a, a drink that other people experience maybe differently than you. Um, so if you're going to be taking your side on this, go ahead and um, remember that what you experience, what you taste, what you like is not necessarily what your neighbor's going to like. If you are actually going to the breweries themselves and you're, you're trying to rate the experience of the thing as a whole, maybe uh, merchandise, tourism, um, just n- ambiance, amount of foot traffic bothers you, that's totally objective. You can totally mm-hmm. say, like, this was not a good experience to me because this, uh, you know, I don't, uh, you know, objectively having a lot of people in a bar is just not fun. Yeah. Um, especially a beer bar, like a brewery. You're trying to enjoy your your beer, trying to enjoy the people around you. This isn't like going out to a club. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of flavor, in terms of profile and what you like, just remember everyone has different tastes. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> it's important. It's important to remember because, it's important. again, it's one study. Like, there are plenty other out there. <laughs> and Mike and I have disagreed about breweries and beers before. 
all the time. All the time. And th- there's tons that he likes that I'm like, there's no possible way you can get me to drink that. Sure. <laughs> still getting them on sours. We're still uh, working. That's that a process. I'm working my way. Again, I'm the I'm the novice here. I'm the guy that's like just tipping his toes into the craft beer <laughs> scene. But yeah, let us know what you think. Again, we'll post that below. The map's really cool. Um, I had trouble locating some of the logos, but that's okay. <laughs> They were cut off. You can't, can't tell what he, he brewery didn't was. actually recognize the veil was Virginia's top one. I was like, what uh, What brewery is that? Hand oh, the veil. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you got to know that one, buddy. But um, yeah, also, I could have just looked at the list. Yeah. That would have helped me a lot, too. All right, we'll definitely do all that. But, Mike, let's go to the challenge for this upcoming week. Sure. So we're talking a lot about beer hype. We're talking about specific beer releases. But, you know, you guys are all living in different states. You can't make it out to... Uh, you can make it out to California to get this beer. So I want you guys to go out and see if you can find a beer, uh, a brewery in your area that's doing a release and go to it and see if there's you know, a culture around it, a hype around it, a family around the brewery that constantly or consistently goes to these things. You know, talk to the brewers, talk, maybe turn to your neighbor, talk mm-hmm. to the people there, see if they really like this brewery um, and learn about the story of them. You know, it's, it's really nice to get really more um, intimate knowledge about uh, the <laughs> so, so sorry about the, uh, the 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 local places around you, and mm-hmm. they'll appreciate it too. Yeah, yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So let us know. And again, um, coming you know up next week here, be sure to comment below with where you went and what you got at the release. Mm-hmm. Um, and quick plug here before I ask Mike what he's drinking because oh. we didn't talk about this. I want to know. Sure. Yes, this is actually my last bottle from my beer travels in France and Germany from this awesome um, uh, beer shop called Kiosk 45 in, I think this was in Munich. And I I did extensive research before I traveled there because I was going with my mom who was working. And so during the day, I just had time. Mm -hmm. And I walked miles to get here. I don't know why I didn't take the train. I actually ended up taking the train back because my my bag was literally like, holding me back oh my gosh um yes so that's why it took me so long to get through it because I, I had so many but this is imperial B- black prototype um most of it on the back here is in german um it was really funny is that the ingredients here are wasser which is water gersten malts which is the type of malt hopfen which is hops and hefe which is wheat so it tells you everything you need to know actually hefe is, is a yeast so <laughs> All four ingredients you need. It's a German rule, right? The yeah. German beer. Well, exactly. But they actually do go into further um, descriptions of it. I actually can tell a lot of these, like Hopfin, it further goes down the line. Saz, uh, Saz hops, Simcoe, Pearl, Northern Brewer hops. Um, the rest of my German fails after that because I just know hop names. But this is a wonderfully roasty uh, beer. This is like deep chocolate. I mean, what do you think? This is just obviously... Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it was great. It was super chocolatey. Mm-hmm. Um, super chocolatey. It had actually a pretty good bitterness to it for how sweet it was as well. I know it's a saying. sweet beer, but it kind of bites. Um, mm-hmm. It's great. Got a great aroma to it as well. The smell right coming off the go. Oh, yeah, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like this is gonna be good. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I would recommend it, but I doubt like, anybody can... can probably get it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Well, if you have a chance to drink this, <laughs> go go ahead and get yourself yeah. a bottle. Yeah, find yourself a, the, the uh, prototype stout, 8% alcohol content. It's a pretty damn good beer. Love it. So next week, everyone, is a very special week. We have Ooh. our St. Patrick's Day special. Oh. We're going to be um, doing a, we have a lot planned for that episode. So definitely <laughs> tune in. It's a party. Uh, we cannot wait to um, 
see what you guys were able to to bring for Michael's challenge, mm-hmm. as or well brood. as or brood for Michael's challenge. That's mm-hmm. true because there were two challenges. Again, we did that challenge two weeks in advance for this upcoming week, but um, you guys knew that. You're smart people. I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> you guys are avid watchers of this <laughs> podcast. Come on. Yeah. So definitely tune in for that. And as always, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, give us a subscription below, ring that bell for future notifications about our upcoming episodes. And we will see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.